0: in the bova news podcast series i'm your host kim bremer show season is upon us and show enthusiasts across the country are actively working hard to get their calves heifers and cows ready for the show ring on today's webinar we have a few experts who've had success caring for and raising heifers into show ring form today we're being joined by josh and casey hushin with brothers three kyle natsky with cash in holsteins and jerseys and mandy bue with milk source genetics So let's start off. Can each of you give us a little bit of your background? Why don't we start with you, Josh?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, uh, you said, Kim, my name's Josh Hushin. My wife, Casey, and I own a small hobby farm uh, here in southeastern Wisconsin, where we raise about three to five uh, show heifers a year and then take them to Ayrshire and Brown Swiss state shows across Wisconsin and then uh, hopefully World Dairy Expo. Uh, We currently own Seven Head. Um, I grew up on a small dairy farm in Pennsylvania. Uh, We started Brothers 3 there in 1991 and have been showing at Expo pretty consistently um, since the late 90s. Um, I live in, uh, like I said, live in Wisconsin and have since I graduated from Penn State in 03 um, and work for uh, Cargill as the head of dairy marketing.
2: Casey. Yeah, Thanks so much for having us. Uh, I am originally from Maine and my aunt and uncle have a registered Ayrshire herd there, which is really where I found my love and passion for the breed. Um, I attended Virginia Tech, where I have a degree in dairy science, and 15 years ago moved to Wisconsin um, to work in agriculture advertising. Um, I have spent the last three years now working as an executive director at a non-denominational church in Economwalk. And yeah, that's about it. Kyle.
3: So I grew up in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. On my family's farm, we raised usually between 10 and 15 show heifers a year, uh Holsteins and Jerseys. Then after I graduated high school, I went on the road for about 15 years uh clipping, clipping cattle, uh the United States, Canada, Mexico, and overseas in Germany, Sweden, uh, and Australia. And uh currently I've I live in Tulare, California and work for cash in Holsteins and Jerseys where they milk about 4,000 Jerseys and 1,000 Holsteins. I primarily work with just their genetic cattle, about 85 to 100 head of show and higher genetic. I'd say 75% Jerseys and 25% Holsteins.
4: And last but not least, Mandy? Hey, Kim, thanks for having me. Um, So as you said before, my husband, Eddie and I, we manage Milk Source Genetics, the show farm. Um, Specifically, I'm the young stock manager. Um, So that means I oversee the calves from birth on. Um, I oversee the show heifers, the feeding, the care of them um, day to day, along with my coworkers. Um, Prior to Milk Source Genetics, Eddie and I um, ran the show farm at Ludwigs in Illinois. I'm at Strand's Home in Owatonna, Minnesota, and we owned and operated lunch at home Holsteins in Hickston, Wisconsin, where we had our own herd of Holsteins and a few jerseys. Um, Along with that, we did a lot of boarding.
0: So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, When you're choosing a show heifer, what do you look for in a heifer, whether you're buying the heifer or picking it out from your herd? Why don't we start with you, Mandy?
4: So um, I think it's really important to remember that heifers change so much from early spring to the fall. Um, so things to consider if you're at a sale, I would say, um, think about how cold it is. Get that heifer out off the pack, um, see how she carries herself, her feet and legs, especially her loin. Um, but at home, when we go and we and to look at heifers to pull out, um, I can't emphasize enough that quality and balance are so much more important than picking out the biggest heifer in your pen. So we really look at the style, the quality of bone, um, width with the chest, especially back through the rump and her strength, um, the spring and openness to her rib. And she's got to have great feet and leg. Kyle?
3: Yeah. Like, like Mandy said, like there's some in the spring, you're looking at heifers, there's stuff that you can physically change, like maybe depth, of rib and, and the condition that they're in. But Big square rumps and width of chest is not something that you can change. So that's something that you need to look for, especially also thorough placement and uh, the set to their feet and legs. Because, I mean, you can trim their feet all you want, but if they don't have good thorough
1: placement, you're not going to change their legs.
0: Anything to add to that, Josh?
1: Yeah, I think um, what Kyle and Mandy described from a confirmation standpoint is a lot of what Casey and I look for. Um, I would say, though, that if you're somebody that's, you know, looking at a a heifer to invest in, and and that's what we've done here with our smaller group, we think it's really important to to invest in the right cow families. My dad was always a big believer in the strength of maternal lines in the brown Swiss breed, and and we've found the same to be true for Ayrshires. And I mean, I know it's tempting to pick out a pretty calf in the spring, but um, I think if you want to find one that's going to develop for you throughout the year, I think, you know, investing in the right cow families is super important. Um, We've done that with a lot of the ones we've worked with. So
0: when it comes to raising show heifers, especially in the different breeds uh, that the three of, well, the four of you are mainly associated with, it can be different for each breed from weaning to showing. So what would you say is the biggest transition to overcome to get heifers on the right path for show season? Why don't we start with you, Casey?
2: I think for both of the breeds that we work with, we really see that any major tra- change is something that we have to overcome. So through weaning, through pen changes, regrouping animals, um, changing the grain that we're feeding, whether our goal is really to minimize any um, impact of that change because we know that ultimately will impact performance. Um, Probably the biggest transition that we are working through with our show heifers is the um, gradual move to much higher protein diets. So we really do that in stages. So, um, you know, watch manure consistency closely, make sure we're not making any other major changes at the time. Um, But once they're on that, um, you know, right show feed, eating hay, we feel like we're on the right path. How about you, Kyle?
3: Well, I think the biggest struggle for us is like, uh, I guess, knowing when to, knowing when to change the, especially the smaller calves from, from a higher diet to, a, to a show diet. I mean, if you start too early, your heifers will be ha- be behind size wise. But if you start too late, you might have trouble getting them skinny. Um, and also a little bit with the jerseys is. If they're if they're a bit harder to get broke to lead, they might go backwards for a little bit. So I think the hardest thing to do is is try to get them broke to lead young, and you'll it'll be easier to change them into a show program.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's uh, no uh, easy or one way fits all way to do this. There's a
4: little bit of an art as well, uh, Mandy. I couldn't agree more with you guys. Um, so I I um I don't wean my calves and. Till they're three months old and there's no there's no set in stone way to do any of this um different things work different places different environments um so but our calves they'll carry a bit more baby fat Um, it takes a bit more time for them to drop that rib because of the diet that they're on so um as kyle said we we don't mess with them right away as they're just coming out of weeding because I feel that that's a huge developmental stage. It's where you get a whole bunch of growth out of those calves. Um, So we don't tailor their diets at that stage um, towards being any sort of show diet. Um, Instead, we really want them to develop, to grow to the best of their potential. Um, There's always that exception to the rule. You know, once in a while you get a calf that's got big rib and is really um, ultra dairy, but by no means will we force that. Um, And once they're older, we feed a, we ourselves feed a lower quality of hay. Um, so then based upon that animal individually, um, then I can adjust the amount of, um, amount of grain that I'm giving them to kind of balance out their weight. But from past experience, when we started too early, you just, you really lose that growth. And, you know, that's the age when they're, they do have stressors, you know, um, they just went through that transition. And if they're going to get ringworm, it's going to be at that age. Um, so we just try to eliminate any sort of major, um, major change.
0: And what about yearlings, Mandy?
4: Well, so, um, you know, we're really pushing heifers to calve at a younger and younger age. Um, it's so important. And the show ring has changed quite a bit in the past few years where we're putting so much more emphasis on strength and on motor and all the traits that really allow a heifer to become a great cow. Um, So for me, personally, yearling should carry a little bit more weight than a younger show heifer. Otherwise, you can run into problems where you don't get them bred in time so that they don't get to come out as great cows. Um, And if you have a really railed off, you know, senior yearling that needs to calve in the following months, um, sometimes it's really, really difficult to get them to put on the needed weight um, due to the fact they're clipped off in the cold weather and they're putting all their um, calories and nutrition into supporting that calf. So for me, um, our yearlings, I, they're not overweight, but we do not have them ultra skinny dairy. Casey, how about you? What about yearlings in your book? Yeah, a lot of very similar things. Actually, going back to what
2: Mandy said before about early growth, that's really important to us. Um, One of the things we do is we measure heifers and track that monthly um, against a growth chart as well, against as our historical data. And we really see that months four and five are some of our biggest growth months. So similar to what Mandy said previously, um, along with that, we we really see the show season as you know it's a marathon. So we're we know the heifer in the spring has to last all the way through the year. We want to get them bred as early as we can, so we're not trying to get them bred and lose weight at the same time. But also know that they're going to have to be a little bit heavier um, in the earlier part of the show season to get them bred, and we are okay with that because that is what they're made to do ultimately.
0: And Kyle, what's your perspective on yearlings?
3: I mean, pretty much everything they said is exactly what I think. I mean, jerseys, I think keeping, I don't think they need to be skinny by any means, but keeping them away from very fat helps getting them bred as well. So, I mean, just kind of trying to maintain them and not getting them too fat in the show season or uh, off season, I mean, I think helps get them pregnant as well.
0: So if, you, if, if all of you had advice for people, maybe two biggest tips for show heifer diets, what would it be? Tips, tricks, things you've learned along the way? Why don't we start with you, Kyle?
3: Well, I think one thing that I've, I've noticed on show heifer diets that I'm a big believer in is, is making sure that they have mineral at all times. I mean, some sort of probiotics or golden link or whatever kind of probiotics you think, I think it just helps their, their hair grow better. I mean, and the other thing that I like to do in the spring that kind of goes along the same lines is worm them. I mean, I think, I think worming them do it once. And if they still aren't growing their hair back the way you like it, do it again in three weeks. And I, I think that just helps jumpstart them, makes them feel good and, and gets them off to a good start.
0: And then the closer you the closer you get to a show.
3: Well, the closer we get to the show, like I like, I mean, the biggest struggle I have in California compared to when I was raising heifers in the Midwest is trying to grow hair. I mean, the the climate is a big is a big problem. So what I like to do is clip them off three or three or four weeks before the show and, and use a thicker blade because when you try to clip them with the the tight blades they they don't grow their hair back as thick, and it it's hard to it's hard to grow anything when you don't have anything to start with. So I think the biggest thing I've learned in California is is clip them thick and and rinse them almost daily. And I think that that's kind of what helps me with as far as that goes.
0: Okay, how about you, Josh? Two biggest tips for show heifer diets. You had to narrow
1: it down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of good show feeds out there, but I think it's super important to make sure that it's a high protein show feed. So the one that we feed is from Cargill. Uh, Since I've worked there, it's a 40% protein feed. And as we get closer to the show, we'll start to scale that back um, from, you know, how many pounds a day standpoint, especially on Swiss yearlings. Um, Swiss yearlings, if you get the weight on, man, that's a rough go to get it back off. So, um, like Kyle, I think mineral is super important and, and some of the heifers will only be on a mineral as we get towards the end of the show season. The other one I would say that we've really learned a lot about is is hay, um, and especially the consistency of hay that's really helped our show heifers. Uh, the hay that we get actually comes from Bud John, and it's a first crop grass hay. Um, but if you're looking at hay, I think you're looking for you know NDF levels that are around 50, not under forty-five, not over sixty. That gives you a good idea of how mature the hay is. Um, and our our yearling heifer hay is in that eight to ten percent protein range, um, not higher than twelve. You can go a little bit higher than that on younger kids for the protein because they need it. They're still really growing fast. Um, but we've got heifers as young as five months of age on on kind of that hay that I described. So I would say the hay quality and then making sure you've got enough protein in the feed are the are the two things that I would say are the two most important from a diet standpoint.
4: And Mandy, your two biggest tips for show heifer diets? Um, So I completely, completely agree with you guys. All really awesome points. Um, And you know, like every heifer is different. So you have to be willing to change things up. Um, Two things I really strongly believe in that maybe aren't directly related to the diet as much as their um, aggressiveness to eat is to find yourself a heifer to live with your show heifer. Um, it's so important that heifers remain and are are aggressive so that they do eat the, as much as you need them to, they thrive off the competition with one another. And the other thing is to get them outside, get them out on the dirt, get them exercise, exercise increases appetite. Um, I really, truly believe in heifers need to be heifers um, so that you can get that capacity and the um, amount of depth in the, of the rib that they just need to be really aggressive all the way through
1: yeah i think that's super important for Manny. we actually bought a buddy heifer one time that turned in to be better than the show heifer so <laughs> you might even have that happen for you
0: <laughs> great great points Now, the other big part of showing heifers is their hair quality. And I know, Kyle, you brought this up as well. So what do you go through to prepare their coat? What are your best tips for keeping a well-kept coat through the fall? Uh, Casey, why don't you take a crack at this one first?
2: Yeah, you bet. Well, I think hair quality really is a year long thing. I mean, for us, we start winter clipping animals, January, February time to get off that winter hair. Um, The other thing that's provided value for us is we're seeing condition of animals earlier in the year, especially on the yearlings where we're um, watching weight. We clip calves at young ages to start to promote good hair growth. Um, and, and to Kyle's points earlier, we're washing heifers. Um, you know, in, in the spring, as soon as it's warm enough, we'll wash them weekly and then uh, move towards a daily washing of animals uh, the closer we get to the fall. Um, we think time of day really matters. So we're washing them either early in the morning or in the evening when it's cooler to help promote that hair growth. Cause our goal is to, you know, have them be as cold as possible to help with that growth. Um, and and we just use basic moisturizing shampoo a lot of the time. I think sometimes people use pretty harsh soap that is hard for the animals. So um, we don't want to dry their skin out, especially um, as we're washing and rinsing them more frequently.
0: Kyle, I know you have a little bit of different perspective coming from a different climate.
3: Yeah. No, but I think uh, like the big thing is keeping them in under fans and and out of the sun. I mean, I think that helps a lot. And and another thing I think that does help is if you, on the off show season, like maybe after Madison, take a thick pluckers and mow their tops off. I think that that helps to re-get the hair growing. And and uh, I mean, I agree with Casey as far as, I think climate makes a big difference. So like, wait till night to rinse your heifers off and, and do it when it's cool. I think that helps grow hair a lot.
4: How about you, Mandy? Um, I'm with those guys. I feel like all, it's an all year round thing, but eight months probably specifically, I focus all my attention on trying to grow hair. And, you know, sometimes you can do everything possible and they just won't grow great hair. I think there's four different, you know, like four major things involved and a big part of it is genetics. Some will, some won't. Um, nutrition. Um, make sure they're getting their added minerals, whether it be in the grain or you add an additional amount. Um, No sunlight. Um, Like ours are out at night under fans during the day. Um, When we rinse, we rinse a lot. One time early in the morning and when we're really on a big push, if we're short on hair again at night, um, I get on that steer planet and a bunch of beef forums a lot to um, read up on how they grow hair. And they do talk about, um, products that trap in heat and everything. So we're really big on staying away from anything, putting anything on them that could trap in the heat or weigh down the hair. Um, And we'll, we'll rinse them a lot. Um, They'll maybe get soap once a week at the most, um, but nothing to make that hair brittle or that skin dried out at all.
0: So when training for the show ring, how do each of you handle this? When does it start? What are the things that you've done that have been most effective uh, let's start with you, Mandy.
4: Well, most of it, I think, is just hard work, you know, put in the time, put in the effort. Um, one thing I do find that we've just learned from experience, um, get them around a lot of activity. Um, if you have kids, if you have dogs, give you, you know, let them be around a lot of action when you're leading them. Um, it just makes them settle into themselves so that when they are in the ring, they're going to handle so much better. Um, I think that's really important, um, along with making sure to get them to walk extremely slow, getting them just used to, um, different environments. Kyle?
3: Well, like I said, jerseys, they have a bit of a mind of their own sometimes. And I think I like, uh, I like doing it young and, and my approach to it a lot of the times is tie them up for 30 minutes and, and that's it for the day. I mean, I think. If you do, if you tie them up three or four times before you try leading them, you're going to have a, a lot more uh, success trying to get them to move. And I mean, there's some that will take a little bit more time, but I think patience is a big key in, in it. And, and try not to break them to lead in a day. Take your time and and do it over time. And I think you're going to have more success and your heifer going to respond a lot nicer.
2: Casey? Uh, All of these tips are so good. I think we, uh, one thing that I um, typically do is start earlier. So, you know, tie heifers up early. Um, What Mandy talked about with noise, we live in the country with no noise and no kids at our house. So our animals, um, we love when the neighbors come over and, um, pet them, make some noise, run around. Cause that is so helpful when we get them to a show. Um, but yeah, we're with young calves, um, three months old, we're tying their heads up for a little bit of, um, a little bit of time. Like Kyle said, just really a slow process. So there's no big shock for them, but it's just something gradual and they're very comfortable with.
0: So while you're at the show, What's
1: a day in the life of your show heifer look like josh i mean it's pretty good life if you enjoy eating and sleeping and laying or a fan but um i mean we like most people i think wash them in the morning uh then they get back um, and eat hay all day we try to give them a pretty long walk uh, at least twice a day um i would say one of the things that we didn't do a good enough job in early early on was having enough variety of hay there so we're taking You know, even for a three day show, you have four or five different kinds of hay there, because I think you have to assume you're going to take one that they might not eat. So the more variety, the better. Um, And we try to start them on the same hay that they um, go to the show on the same hay that they're eating every day at home. uh, From that standpoint, and and watering heifers twice a day at the show, that can be a pretty big adjustment. So we've started to water them twice a day at home to kind of ease that adjustment as well. But overall, you're just trying to make them comfortable and keep them eating
0: kyle any other show life tips
3: i totally agree i can't stress the watering them two time a day at home i i've done it i probably start about a month before the show and i just see a big a big change in their attitude when they get to the show i mean there's a lot of times you struggle that you can't get them to drink the first one or or two times and two time if you put two time a day water at home they usually go in there they're adjusted and they're They're ready to go, but I another thing I like to do. I mean, I don't like to feed a lot of of grain at the show, but just give them a sprinkle so it helps make them a little more thirsty too. If you're if you're uh, on two time a day water, I like to give them a, a sprinkle of grain and beet pulp before I water them. But as far as the hay and and everything that Josh said, that's pretty much the exact same program that we keep ours on at the show.
4: Mandy. Um, all, all the same points as far as, um, what I have, um, my best suggestion, I guess, for somebody who, you know, is learning and so on. Um, if you're given the chance, um, to go help out another string, take it. It's an awesome opportunity. It gives you extra ideas on just different ways to do things. Cause we do all do them very different and there's no right. There's no wrong. It's what works, um, for you or, But, um, and it it gives you ideas if you run into a problem at the show where you have a heifer that refuses to eat or refuses to drink, and you'll always get one, you know, like it happens. But just taking the opportunity to learn from other people is so important. Um, And it's just mind blowing what you can come away with, um, because everybody does do things a little bit different.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, Is there such a thing as an off show season? What does that entail, Casey?
2: Um, I would say for us, it's gotten shorter and shorter, but it's probably about three or four months is the off show season. Um, After fall shows, both the heifers and the humans get a little bit of time off. So um, until we start winter clipping, usually um, we're in maintenance mode. I mean, we're still... They're still getting high quality feed, Um, but we're not clipping or washing or leading heifers and we're less fussy about the hay, especially in Wisconsin. They can use those extra calories in the winter. Um, So we're all right. Um, Kind of just all taking a little bit of a breather during that season. Kyle, do you have an off season?
3: I mean, yeah, a little bit. I like to push them on the off season, like get them back to get them back to growing. Try to get those yearlings pregnant. I mean, I use the off show season a lot of the times to us being blessed, having a big walk to heifer pens, try to pick out what I want to sell, what I want to what I want to show for the next year, and what I want to work with. So, I mean, I think there is an off show season, but there's always stuff that you're doing to gear up for the next year.
4: And Mandy, um, we put a lot of priority on. Letting heifers be heifers. i a, a really pampered, spoiled heifer. Usually gives you trouble down the road. Um, so we really try to ensure that they're getting out. They're with other heifers the same size, um, or the you know the same age or something. But just so that a uh, constant reminder that they need to be aggressive. Um, and we do the winter clipping and you know take the tops off right after the show. Um, some years it seems like it gets so cold here in Wisconsin that you almost get a little bit of a freezer burn where their hair doesn't grow back quite as well as you'd like or as fast. Um, so we try to really watch, you know, what temperature and when we're doing that. Um, but sometimes it's just <laughs> weather is not on your side. But it's, I think it's really important to get that old hair off so you are starting fresh and new
0: as we wrap up this podcast series, just starting to get their animal ready for show season, what would be your main tip for them to get their animal show ready? Let's start with you, Kyle.
3: Well, I mean, if someone's just starting, I, I think uh, like Mandy said, watch watch from experience. Don't be afraid to ask questions. ask people what they think. I mean, there's a lot of people that are not afraid to offer you advice, so I think I think the biggest thing is to just, I watched a lot when I was little from my, I was blessed that my parents sent me to a lot of sales and shows with a lot of, with a lot of other people and, and a lot of different experience or a lot of different opinions can give you a lot of
1: different ideas on what to do.
0: Yes. I never stop learning. Great advice. Uh, How about you, Josh?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely echo that. Um, I think that when you're starting to find a little bit of success and, and we've, you know, found a little compared to um, cash in or to milk source, but um, I think it's pretty comfortable to get comfortable in what you're doing and stop asking those questions. But every time that we've um, made a change to our program, um, it was usually based on a suggestion from from somebody that we, you know, admire in our breed or think does a better job than we do. So I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I've, I've found at least in the Ayrshire and Swiss breeds, um, and people are really open and willing to share what they do. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to raise show heifers like Mandy mentioned, but I, I definitely would encourage you to, to find the people that you admire um, and, and ask him how they do things, and I think you might be more open, or they might be more open than you think, and even timing with them is better. The other thing that, that I think that you heard hopefully throughout this podcast is that a lot of what we're talking about to get animals ready um, doesn't cost money. It doesn't cost money to, to feed them individually, to wash them regularly, to walk them. Um, the stuff we do with measuring and, and tracking that kind of data, like it just takes more time and it takes more work. Um, and I think that if you're somebody that's, that's looking to, you know, you made an investment in a fall calf and you're like, now nah, what do I do? I can't think of two better things to do than to ask people for advice and then just try to outwork everybody else.
4: <laughs> and Mandy? Exactly what those guys said. Um that and, you know, take the opportunity, with this awesome chance, you know, if you're at Expo, go down to the ringside and just watch. I mean, there you learn so much as far as how to fit them, lead them, how to how, what weight to have them in. Um, and like those guys said, ask questions. We all started in the same place. Um, it's hard work and dedication, um, but we're doing it because we love it. Never be afraid ever to ask questions. There's always more to learn.
0: Well said. Well, thank you so much, uh, Casey, Josh, Kyle, Mandy, for taking the time with us. We appreciate it. You have so much experience and expertise to share with our listeners. This wraps up our Bova News podcast series for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Bova News, have a great day.